Welcome to Continuum, the International Business Council podcast, where each episode we sit down with an incredible member of the IBC community, dive in, and learn from their journey. This is John Fitzgerald, and welcome to another edition of Continuum, the podcast series of the IBC. Today, our guest is Julia Freund. Julia, welcome. Thanks for being a guest. Thanks for having me. Oh, more than welcome. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So to start, Julie, can you just give a little bit of a little background about you, where you grew up, and kind of fast forward as to where you are right now? Yeah. So I'm actually from New York, and that's where I'm currently based. Um, I did go to the University of San Diego, so I did make that jump from the East to the West Coast for college, um, like a typical East Coaster. I was kind of just like, the weather sounds amazing. I don't know what the life is like out there. So I had to definitely try my hand at that. Um, and then that's also how I found SIBC. Um, and so currently today, I am a consultant for a management consultant firm. So keeping with the theme. Um, but I moved back home because I graduated in COVID. So 2020. And so that definitely prompted an acceleration of coming back before um, I thought I would. Can you talk a little bit more about like what went into your thought process in choosing USD? And that, you know, certainly there's a plethora of great colleges, East Coast. And like you said, the weather certainly was attractive. But but what other things did you look at um, when you were considering a college choice? Yeah. So I kind of knew the area, as I mentioned. So it's definitely going to be California. Um, my mom and I did a whole college tour um, along the coast. So we did like Santa Clara all the way down to San Diego. Um, but what really stood out about USD was the travel aspect. I'm, I've always been a love of traveling um, and I knew I wanted to study abroad. And so USD is a very strong study abroad program with a lot of different places to go. Um, I did semester at sea in the end. Um, and so that and then being on campus and just having a feel of being like, I can actually see myself walking the class here. That really made the difference for me. And, and you majored in international business. Can you talk about, you know, where, why the international business aspect? I mean, I, I, certainly from the travel aspect, I can understand it. But are there any other aspects that kind of pl- came into play with that decision? Yeah, I think part of it was the expectation of someone knowing what they're going to do. I feel like we put a lot of emphasis on people um, knowing and saying, yeah, I know what I want to do. I didn't. Um, And so frankly, international business provided the best opportunity for me to learn a bunch of different things and not say like, I have to go into finance after this. Uh, Not that you have to, but in my mind, that was just kind of the direction I was taking. And so learning all about finance to marketing to getting a kind of different feel of things and learning about international and how the business works there and with some courses, that's what made me choose it. And I want to talk about SIBC, but uh, more importantly, you brought it up before. I want to talk about this, this semester abroad that you had in that, and as you said, you, you spent a semester at sea. Um, I mean, can you give us a little bit of background about that and then just like what that entailed? Yeah. So semester at sea, or we call it SAS, so I'll refer to it as that. Um, it is a semester-long program, and you start in one place and you sail around the world to another. So we started off in Germany, and we ended back in San Diego. So 
you think about that, we stopped in Ghana, we did South Africa, we did um, India, Myanmar, Vietnam, Japan, China, I'm probably missing a couple others as well. Um, and then we stopped in Hawaii and then we did San Diego and that, that's where we disembarked. But you're basically living on a smaller cruise ship um, and you have your classes on there. So when you are sailing and you are on the water, that is when you had your classes. But when you're at a port, you don't have any classes. Sometimes you may have a field course, which just means that you go with your class to get um, experience in like a real life company and they kind of show you what they do or they talk about how that relates to your course. Um, and But the other days you're free to do kind of whatever you like. Um, there's also the option if you don't know what to do in that country, you can sign up for kind of trips ahead of time and they will give guided tours um, for multiple days even. It just kind of depends on what they're offering. Was it all students from USD or were there other colleges involved? Other colleges involved. So um, with transferring credits and school, it's actually through the University of Colorado. And so they will own the courses. Um, and then you have different teachers as well, not from all universities. Um, and so you get to learn from a bunch of different people, meet different people. Obviously, um, sometimes there are more uh, students than others at school. So I went in the fall and that's normally when USD is very heavy, like heavily um, involved in study abroad programs. Um, but at other schools, a lot of people go in the spring because they don't want to miss football season or their rush for sororities okay. or fraternities are at a different time um, because we kind of follow a different schedule in some things. So for our listeners and whether they're they're really young and, and just getting into college and considering semester abroad, whether older and have children, grandchildren, what's the good and the bad about going not just abroad, but doing the whole thing at sea, which to me sounds really intriguing. But from your perspective, I mean, what, what should people look for or look out for? Yeah. I mean, the great news about Spencer at Sea as a program in itself is you can be um, younger or older. I know some people were doing a gap year in between. They just graduated high school um, and then they're taking gap year and they are on semester at sea. And um, we also have lifelong learners, as they call them, and you can be older with your family and even go on an adventure um, with your kids which some people did. And so I think it depends on where you, where you are in life a bit, but I think being younger and having that exposure to different cultures and seeing how other people live, especially in the bubble of the US, provides some really good insight and you learn a lot of things about yourself because it makes you reflect. I, I started to interrupt you, but Julie, do you think that, that that semester at sea helped you both in your professional career, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth, as well as you know, finishing up at USD? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think it impacted me being and like experiencing so many different things. Um, I'm actually adopted from China and I hadn't been back. And so going wow. through semester C, that was the first time I've ever been back um, or ever gone, I should say, because I don't remember being there. I was adopted so young. So that provided a really good opportunity for me to kind of internally reflect and actually say like, hey, this is where I'm from. Experiencing, Excellent. Yeah, experiencing being a majority instead of, my, of a minority as well was a really interesting, complex kind of thing to see and experience as well. Interesting. Hey, I, I want to switch gears and, and talk a little bit now about the SIBC and specifically about your experience with SIBC at USD. I mean, when did you get involved? Why did you get involved? the type of projects that you were involved in. And again, how that 
you know, potentially serve as a catalyst for you and what you're doing today. Yeah. So it definitely did um, kind of throw me into consulting. Um, I, like many others of my peers, didn't really know exactly what consulting is. Um, but I actually found the SIBC in uh, second semester freshman year. So I was technically a part of it all four years, but my biggest involvement were my first two years. Um, part of the reason why I was attracted to it is because at that time, SABC at USD was really small. Um, you kind of knew of everyone. Everyone was on a project. Everyone was able to travel because it was just such in the early stages where not as many people knew about it yet. Um, part of it was the fact that we actually got real life experience with clients. Um, we, had, we had a brief um, and well, truthfully, some of the free food is also a benefit with <laughs> freshmen <laughs> or even any anyone or any level throughout college. Um, but those are the reasons why I was intrigued about it. Um, and then I ended up being on a project that same semester. We went to Chicago um, and we partnered actually with Notre Dame on a marketing um, brief that we had and presentation. So we flew out there, um, which it was a lot of fun. And I think they were ended up being like, seven of us, eight of us. So that's a pretty big, big travel team considering. Um, and then I was the marketing director uh, my sophomore year um, throughout that summer as well, because then I had the opportunity to go to Cyprus when we provided that um, as an intern um, to do some work out there as well. That, that's fantastic. And, I, and I'm glad you talked about that because I don't think uh, enough people understand the opportunities that the SIBC truly affords those people who want to get involved and put the effort in. So thanks for doing that. Um, in addition to, you know, one, going to school, going to college, two, doing a semester abroad, three, getting involved in the SIBC, you also had, from what I can see, some really interesting internships. And if, if you could talk about those, not, not so much the specifics, but rather kind of big picture how did you choose those, or if they chose you, whatever that happens to be, and did those help you kind of shape the direction you wanted to go from a career standpoint? Yeah. So truthfully, the way I kind of decided on the internships um, was the way I thought about my major and how I was declaring that. I knew I wanted to learn as much as possible, especially early on, um, and not focus on a certain area to get as much experience as I can. And I've had internships with big, big companies um, and then smaller uh, firms as well. And so that helped me and those internships kind of helped me decide what I wanted out of life in the future and out of a full-time job. So I know I wanted a smaller company to work with. Um, and part of that was through SIBC, that Cypress internship. It was with Famous Sports and we had a connection with another member and it took place in Cyprus. So was on the ground in Cyprus, living a European summer and doing an internship. Um, so early on in my career, that was the summer after sophomore year. And so uh, that experience and those different ones uh, helped me a lot. Afterwards, I ended up doing an internship at Hong Kong the following year um, with a kitchenware company. So you can see sportswear to kitchenware, it really was different. Um, and the kitchenware company was family owned. And I got kind of that environment out there and seeing what that's like working for a smaller, really close knit kind of company. Um, and all those kind of different experiences have helped me determine kind of different things and what I want. And I really, if really encourage people to kind of 
do what they want or are interested in. And if that's finding different things, then completely go for it. So when you graduated from USD, was your goal to to move back east to go back to New York? Yeah, it was. Um, I knew I'd love San Diego, but I needed that, the kind of thing that San Diego doesn't provide that New York does. I need that fast pacedness. It's what I'm where I'm from and what I've known as well. So I just kind of wanted that. I don't want to say anxiety, but it does give you a little anxiety with everything going on. But so what was your first job coming out of USD? Yeah. So because I graduated in 2020, there was a little bit of a lag in the job market. So I didn't find a job for around like six months after. Um, and truthfully, where I'm at today at Q5 is the same place that I've been right after graduating from school. So I was a research analyst, did a six-month internship, and then I've kind of made my way up. In that, that I want to talk about that kind of make that way up portion. Was it a, a defined path when you started in that six-month program, or it was it really more on you and trying to, to better decipher which direction and uh, d- direction as well as probably the uh, the scope of things that you wanted to get involved in. Yeah. So with SIBC and getting all these experiences with all the projects, it really kind of prompt- prompted me into the consulting world. And I was kind of curious on what else or what other kinds of consulting and what consulting actually is um, when it's not just a project in college. And so I actually started off um, in marketing, though, at um, Q5. And so for the first three months, I was more focused on marketing and then doing a little bit um, of part-time work in, with clients. Um, and that kind of prompted me more so after getting more into the client work and the project work that I knew I wanted to go more into the consulting realm more so than the marketing, at least in that moment. Um, we do so many cool different kinds of projects in many different industries. So I was like, I need to, I want to define the way I'm going right now and go more consulting realm rather than marketing. Um, and so that's kind of how I started off at U5. Any surprises so far on the consulting side? And maybe not surprises, but anything, any you know, key things that you weren't aware of that just kind of opened your eyes to it that either was made it more attractive for you or just caution, concern for anyone considering getting into it? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is the hours, the amount of work that kind of goes into it. Um, we in itself work long hours and sometimes there is a minimal reward. You have to like wait till the end or see the impact and sometimes you don't even. So that I think that was the first biggest thing coming out of college was, wow, it's not just a nine to five. It can be an eight to eight or whatever the hours is. I think that was the biggest change that I noticed at first. I think also the company I work for is a has a UK and European kind of culture. So being an American and working with a lot of Brits, I had to kind of understand the differences between the cultures and how to work with them and figure out a good balance between how I want to work and as well as bringing their culture and how they work as well. So what motivates you? I think, I mean, for me, it's that I my personal drive and hunger to just produce really good work and have a client that is really satisfied with what I'm doing um, and seeing the rewards in it that way. I mean, for me, I know it's going to take a little longer in some ways than it does in others, 
So it's just kind of just keeping going in a way as well. So, so all these great experiences you've had so far in this really, really young life of yours, what's been like the most interesting so far? I know that wasn't on my list that I was going to ask you. Sorry. No, no worries. I truthfully think keeping with the travel theme, it's the fact that I've been able to work um, in Europe and in Hong Kong. And uh, I actually was able to work in London for a bit as well. And so being able to have all these different experiences and say, yeah, I have worked abroad. Um, for me, that's been one really successful. And I love being able to say that and satisfying. Um, and then two, it's just the experiences that come with that, whether that's me trying to explore myself and seeing things from a different perspective as well. Um, and not just saying like, yeah, I'm from New York, because a lot of the times New Yorkers love New York and will just stick with it forever as well. Um, and so being able to actually take myself out of that bubble too. So if you had the opportunity right now to talk to the, the first year Julia at USD, what would you tell her today? I feel like a couple of different things popped into my mind just now. I think one is embrace where you are right now as much as you can. Um, I, when I was younger, I know I um, was really focused on becoming an adult, um, getting out of college and doing all that. But once you're out of that, you don't really realize how much freedom and um, ability that you have to just do what you want in a way. Um, so I think I'd say enjoy where you are right now. It, everything will work out. So what do you think it takes to be successful? I think it's a couple different things. I think one, personal drive. If you don't have that and you don't enjoy what you do, then you won't be successful because you're just kind of dreading everything or every day or whatever it is. Um, I think it's also being flexible. Things do not work out the way we plan it to all the time um, or we expect it to. So being able to pivot as well and trying to make the most out of that. I think those are the some of them. So, so that I want to talk about that pivoting thing and, and, you know, things not always working out the way you expect those, expect things to happen. Um, do you see that with, with new employees that they come in with more of that rigid mindset? And if so, how do you work with them to, to broaden it and understand that you have that, that flexibility is certainly critical to not only consulting, but I think in business as a whole? Yeah, I think as I see people kind of getting out of college more and um, even like research analysts that who are interns um, here, I think everyone is just kind of after getting out of college, still trying to figure what they want to do out or like what they want to do and figure that out in itself. And so I think that adds to the difficulty. Um, and so they're like, I expect to do this or this, but and hopefully this comes out in other ways as well. But trying to see stuff in a different light and say, hey, if this doesn't work out, what would you do? Or saying, is that the right thing? So I think it's prompting questions that will help them then guide their decisions going forward. So it's, I don't think it's our job necessarily to be like, you need to do this or this when you're younger. Be like, what is working out for you right now? Or what are you enjoying in this moment that you think you could enjoy for the next like two years? You don't even have to think five years ahead or 10 years ahead. Just think, where do I even want to be in the next six months? And then kind of go from that angle. And then I think as you do it from that, you'll start to figure stuff out more and more. 
Julie, can you name a person? Actually, I'm, I'm going to ask this two different ways. Can you name a person personally who's had a, a tremendous influence on you, as well as can you name a person professionally who's in that, who's had an influence on you? I don't think there's one people like one person it, that is impact life. And that's okay. I think there's multiple different people at different stages of my life that have, that have helped me. Um, professionally, um, there I had a mentor when I was working at a magazine as a photography intern because originally that was what I wanted to do. Um, he was at the company, joined at the end, but we just were able to have frank conversations with each other and we got along. It's like he became a mentor for me going forward. And so I always kind of bounce ideas off of him, ask him about um, talking through brainstorming what I want to do going forward. And having those kind of conversations was really useful. Um, at Q5, I had a different mentor and he helped me develop internally within Q5, but then also talk about my professional life and then. And obviously both are not separate. They are impactful in their own ways. And I still talk to both. In sure. those moments or where I was, it was really those guidance. Um, and I don't obviously want to lose those people and hopefully don't. Um, and then personally, I think it's my family, like my mom and my sister. Um, just being able to have people that can relate to you, you can talk about anything with. Um, that kind of, and not uh, and having a kind of separate vision or kind of not really in it. Because once when you speak to a lot of people that are in the same boat as you or in the same company or whatever it is, sometimes you don't get that different thing questioning when they're like the challenging. They're like, is that is that really what you want to do or is what I'm hearing? And they play it back or something like that. Um, I think that's those are some people. What do you do like now that you're certainly, you know, very tied in with work? You love New York, love the 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 whole cultural aspect of it. But what do you do to continue to learn and grow and develop as a person? Yeah, I think getting stuck into a kind of a bunch of random things is what I do. So over COVID, when I wasn't working, I was like, I really want to learn about architecture. And so I picked up a tool that people use for it. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to design my own homes. I'm going to see what's out there. I'm just going to do it. And so for me, it's picking up a lot of random um, or seemingly random interests. So I've done that before, drawing, um, reading a lot. Um, I think it's those kind of things to take you away from work that will help too. I want to switch. I want to talk a little bit now about the IBC. And you know, as you well know, and if any of our listeners don't know, the IBC is the Alumni Association of the SIBC in which the SIBC has three chapters, one at the University of San Diego, one at the University of Notre Dame, and one at uh, Benedictine College in Edson, Kansas. And the IBC, the, the mission behind the IBC is very similar to the SIBC. It's to create a world where the business community acts as a principled focus for the common good globally. And Julie, I'd like to get your opinion of what that means to you. Um, and I've had a variety of people give great answers. A lot of people kind of just, you know, wonder, is it is it too dreamlike? Um, and I just want to say it to you again to give you a moment. So the IBC mission is to create a world where the business community acts as a principled force for the common good globally. And just your comments on that. Yeah, I think 
I do think that it is a little bit of a dream statement in a way, um, only because I think that's something that we expect companies to do. I don't think they necessarily do it now. Obviously, though, as being a member of the IBC, you want to take that and you want to be that person that kind of helps the business world create more good in that. And so I think it's a good aspiration. I just don't, sometimes it's so broad as well that you're just trying to figure out how you can help in that situation going forward. So to, now to take that to a different step, if you had a chance to talk to a group of students who just graduated from college, you know, last month, last couple months, and they have this, this huge want, desire to have an impact on the world, but they have no idea where to start, what would you tell them? I would ask, what are you passionate about? Because I don't think you're able to make a difference unless you want to do it. And if it's like, well, I have an interest in finance, but I want to do uh, the Peace Corps. I'm just kind of putting two different um, spectrums out there. You're less likely to enjoy that and want to actually do more with it. In comparison, where if you're in finance, you're like, hey, I want to help with internally my employee resource group or whatever it is to try to make the company better internally to understand their to understand us so we can work better and then we can help maybe impact something. I don't know what that is. Um, but I think that's where I would, that's what my first question would be. Okay. Okay. Um, last questions are, are just much more general. So what do you think it takes to have a, a meaningful and a great life? I think one being surrounded by people you want to be surrounded with. And I know that's very general, but if you have those meaningful connections with your friends or you have the people that you know can support you, I think that's one of it. Like and that helps create meaning in your life. It, um, I think another thing is, again, being able to do what you want to do and not letting society kind of dictate what you should do. So that's a mindset thing. And I know that's a lot harder um, to do than me just saying it as well. Um, but being true to yourself kind of goes into that as well. I feel like if you know what you want to do, go for it. Try it. There's no harm in trying it. And if it doesn't work out, there's another option to always do something else. You hear about people all the time just uh, graduating with like a psychology degree and then going into photography or taking a break later and then being like, yeah, I'm just going to go into this. I'm just going to do it. And then they're wildly successful. And so I think kind of those three are, it's a good, if you want to call it a recipe, um, to have a meaningful life and then do what, yeah, just do what you want to do. If you like traveling, try to travel as much as you can. What are you most proud of so far in your life? I think for me, I'm really proud of kind of figuring out who I am and staying true to myself now. It took a while for me to to get there. Um, whether that was like doubts in my head or expectations from society, but where I am and how I do things, whether that's in work or um, my stance on things or whatever, I feel like I'm a very strong person who can go forth and conquer. And I know, and I have the confidence in myself now that I can do whatever I put my mind to. And that may sound a little cliche as well, but. No, that's great. I think that's, that's all part of the, like that whole background kind of puts you in that position for the confidence to, to move forward in life. I think that's fantastic. 
And then a last question. So thinking back when you were in fourth grade, what did you want to do when you grew up? So I went through the whole gauntlet at first. I was like, oh, I know. I think I want to be um, like an astronaut and uh, all those kind of things. But photography was the one that really stood out the most. So I really did in the end, or at least through high school, um, thought I wanted to be a photographer um, and go that direction. Um, and so now I'm here, though, as a consultant. Do you still do any photography at all or to kind of no time for it? I do some on the side, yeah. And so like uh, what we do is we have a way days well internally. And so though they're like retreats pretty much. And so I'll bring my film camera and I'll take pictures when we're out walking to a restaurant or at dinner and and that kind of stuff. And then I share them with the team and it's a really good memory to have. And then as was well with my friends, I try as much to um, take some pictures randomly and or even if it's with my phone, it doesn't have to be with a camera specifically. That's wonderful. Julia, thank you. I truly appreciate your time today. I wish you continued success. I know you're going to do very, very well in your future. Thank you. No, thank you. It's been great. And I will tell as many people as I can to listen to Continue On. Please do. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Continuum. Please leave us a five-star rating and share Continuum with your colleagues and friends. We need your help in gaining new listeners and growing our followers. And for more information on the IBC, visit our website, ribc.com. That's just O-U-R-I-B-C dot com. Have a great day.